Welcome to the Cat Power Podcast, where we deliver powerful insights into the world of Cat Marine, showcasing the latest in technological advancements and highlighting the stories of the industry's most dynamic leaders. I'm your host, Sergio Tijera. Now let's get ready to power up with the Cat Power Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Cat Power Podcast. So good to have you here. You can catch each and every episode on the YouTube Caterpillar Marine channel, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you love to listen to your podcast. You can catch us each episode there. Robert Allen Tugs is here with us today. We got the project manager for that company, Alan Turner. Welcome, my friend. Yeah, th- thanks for uh, having me. Glad to be here. Glad to uh, talk with you today. <laughs> about All time. right. So, Alan, where are you located right now? I'm down in Miami. I think you're on the other side of the uh, the continent. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, based out of Vancouver, BC, Canada. Fantastic. So and That's our and, main office. Yeah. So, Robert Allen Limited is one of the most legendary companies out there in especially in the tug industry so and and you are a proud member of that family and so it has a long heritage of a lot of success and and tremendous uh influence in the industry so tell me a little bit about the history of the company tell me kind of how it got started and where it is today sure um so robert allen limited was founded in uh around 1930 in vancouver uh, by uh the original robert allen he was a one-man show for the first few years of the business through the war, and eventually the second Robert Allen joined the company after the war, and it sort of slowly grew from there. The third Robert Allen, the, the most uh, well-known, uh, joined in the late 70s, early 80s, and um, he's the one that sort of really took the company uh, international with some some projects for uh which are still good clients, uh, Ostenjo, Ostenjo out of N- Norway. Uh, that was our probably first really big international project. Um, and that sort of got us recognized by more and more uh, international clients. And it's really sort of grown from there to um, one of the main players in the tug global tug industry. There's roughly 90 to 100 tugs of our design built every year through wow. um, lots of good shipyard partners um, in Turkey and China and Europe and the U.S. Well, working for a company that, that you feel a sense of ownership, not only literally, but uh, you know figuratively as well, is really important because you have pride in what you do even more so than if you were working for a company you didn't have ownership in. And so this company has become internationally recognized and is doing some amazing things. So tell me about your role within Robert Allen. So I'm a mechanical engineer by uh, education, mechanical engineer, uh, professional engineer. So I'm responsible for the main technical um, design. Being a mechanical engineer, I'm more uh, related to the sort of marine systems, the engines, the Anything that spins or makes noise is the best way to describe <laughs> yeah. it. And um, and then I have uh, counterparts on the naval architect side that you know they look after you know the boat stability and structure and things like that. So so very much a team effort uh, between the two groups to uh, come up with these designs and 
and and actually working with our our good shipyard and uh, tug clients, you know, they they have lots of good ideas too. So it's really a a good collaboration between um, all involved. So you mentioned things that spin and make noise. That's usually tied to engines, right? And engines yeah. are tied to Nox particulates and performance and so forth. So you're at the heart of the beast, so to speak, right? Yeah. And yeah. as as the industry has changed over time, regulations come in and you know things get tougher, right? Uh, standards are harder to meet and so forth. And so how are you seeing that change in the industry? What you know, where are you guys now? In terms of how you need to think, you know, what are the priorities? What are the things that operators are asking for, and and companies are asking for these days? Yeah, so definitely uh, emissions. You know, that came in. You know, roughly it really started like ten years ago, and it's certainly built and built, and and um, now it's it's almost streamlined. It's not really a, uh, that big of a concern. We know how to deal with it. So. Um, but that the mission sort of took care of NOx and particulates and hydrocarbon. Um, but the the new thing that is this starting to build is uh, carbon reduction uh, for sort of global greenhouse uh, carbon gas emissions. So mm-hmm. you know the next big thing in in our industry is sort of alternative powering options, whether that be fuels or electrification, battery. And then how the diesel engine works in with that, you know, I, I don't foresee the diesel engine going anywhere. It'll be around for um, time to come. So um, it's, it's really this, you know, looking at ways of reducing that sort of greenhouse gas footprint for these vessels. It's so that was when, when tier four came in. And so, you know, what were the, the biggest issues that were concerning you guys when you said, okay, we got to start putting in these tier four engines in there. What are some of the biggest issues with that? Uh, the main concern back then was we didn't really know what uh, this thing called the SCR looked like <laughs> <laughs> and um, what and how it would fit in our vessel, how it would work. Uh, we're a little concerned about the, would it have any, impact on performance of the vessel because you know the ability of a tug to react to a situation in terms of engine acceleration is pretty critical for their operation especially as when they're operating escort tugs um Mm -hmm. so things like that that was a concern and probably the big concern was this space and fitting it and we'd seen some early designs where um you know they've been fit with scrs and the, the vessel is basically all funnel because the SCR has been uh, located in the funnel and then um, sort of blocks the sight lines of a tug. So it's very important on tugs, you know, the, the operator can see all the way around himself. He's not obstructed by uh, physical barriers. So uh, they can, when they're maneuvering in tight spots. So um, that was a very critical concern. Um going forward and you know how would how they would work with the silencers and our mufflers um and maintain our noise and sound isolation in the vessel which has also become pretty critical for crew comfort and things like that so there's there's a lot of things that were this unknown and um we were uh, interested in seeing how it would affect our designs <laughs> 
Yeah, as a new technology is, is brought in, obviously it's very important to work hand in hand with 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 companies like you, right? Tell people a little bit about SCR. What does it mean? What does it do? And what was your role with Caterpillar as you guys were combining forces to to develop the right solution? Looking this up, I believe it was like 2011 or 2012. Um, Cat sent around a letter to various naval architects in North America saying, you know, this is coming. We'd like your feedback and thoughts on it. And um, so, you know, we, we, we took that to heart and um, they, they gave us some early information package of sort of what the SCR would look like, its sort of sizes and dimensions. And um, so we, um, within Robert Allen, you know, we took that and looked at how it, we did some sort of basic concept work with our existing tug designs, you know, how it would work, uh, what configurations worked the best. And then um, I believe we, we did send the information to Kat and then they, uh, their engineering team did a sort of a circuit around the North America visiting all the naval architects and they came to us. We had a good meeting with them and we had arranged to go and visit one of the local C-SPAN tugs. It was a recent delivery from uh, one of our Turkish shipyards. So it was sort of one of the more latest advanced designs. So um, we could show them, you know, physically what the challenge was. From that, you know, we, we came up with some good ideas of what configurations work the best, uh, particularly for tugs. And um, yeah, it sort of went from there. That's fantastic. And and some of the uh, the technology that you guys have um, obviously used quite a bit with the Z-Drive and Z-Tech, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, in terms of Z-Drive Persolson or asthma thruster, that's pretty much 99% uh, of our tug designs have that. So it's basically a, a rotatable propeller pod. On, uh, there's normally two of them in the stern of the tug. Uh, so it's sort of the most common tug propulsion. And the Z-Tech is one of our designs that was start developed in around uh, 2004 or five. And it's primarily for import um, terminal operations where it sort of takes the best features of uh, what's commonly referred to as a tractor tug in the industry and a asthma stern drive tug and combine them together to um, to provide a, sorry, a tug that's ideally suited for harbor operations, um, working under the flare of large car carriers, um, container ships, uh, naval vessels. Um, so it's, it's just in the, the wheelhouse is set a bit further aft from the main fender. So that allows it to get under um, the flare of these big vessels and just the hull configuration um, allows a sort of better ship handling in these tight spaces. There's good visibility around the tug. So it, it, it was uh, a very unique design and, and it's, and it's been widely accepted in a lot of the big ports in the world. Uh, they're widely used in the port of Singapore. Uh, in our one of our uh, good U.S. clients in uh, Port of Houston, there's almost I think there are almost up to 30 of them operating 
around the port of Houston and the uh, Gulf of Mexico. Um, and then the U.S. Navy uh, has about uh, 10 or so of them uh, operating at various naval bases. And, um, yeah, so the, it's been a very successful design for us. And uh, and um, the operators that use them, they love them. So. <laughs> and as you as you. As, you, as the technology uh, changes and progresses and you get more power and then you know fewer fewer emissions fewer uh, knocks and and fuel savings as well there's design changes right that need to happen to to where the engine compartment is because of of the additional uh, SCR right and how does that affect that space design and you know when you're thinking about that how, tell me about that process. Yeah, so definitely um, one of the things that worked quite out worked out quite well from our original design meeting with Cat uh, was this the the configuration or the basic idea of the SCR was to be able to make at least a ninety degree, but preferably a hundred and eighty degree turn within the SCR. So this that sort of one design feature so far has allowed us to fit it in our tug designs without significant redesign issues. So um, we've had a few designs where maybe the deck house has to be a bit higher or the funnel casing is a bit wider or something, but overall the design impacts on the tug have been manageable, particularly for the, uh, the CAT solution. Um, a lot of them, we're putting them in sort of what we call the deckhead area, uh, so above the engines. So there, there tends to be quite a bit of height in the engine room there. Um, so then we, we're using primarily the, the U-flow configuration, so sticking in the deckhead, and it so comes up and just circles back and then goes up the funnel. So, um, so far, it, it's worked out very well uh, for the designs. Um, in the in the sort of size range that they're available for, and the great thing about it is that it's completely separated from the engine, and so it, there's no change to the engine per se in terms of reliability and power when you need it, right? Because that's probably the most one of the most important things that you can ask yeah. for as an operator is reliability, and you know when you need the power, it's there. There's no compromise in terms of like how the engine's running. You're not changing anything inside. It's all kind of afterwards. Yeah, definitely in. Even if you did have uh, a fault within the SCR system, this engine is still there to run. It, you know, that's it's very important for tugs because they are essentially a safety device themselves for large ships. So, you know, you don't want to have a vessel go down for some uh, minor fault. So they, they, it does uh, sort of improve overall harbor safety you could say you know you mentioned earlier the the experience for the operators as well in terms of sound yeah. uh not only knox particulates right but now they want to be a bit more comfortable and they want to you know yeah. it's not a, as rough of a, a ride and a, as a life as it used to be right and how important is that to operators yeah so that's uh that's become very important in terms of this resiliently mounting all the mains or reciprocating machinery in the vessel uh, taking care of the sort of noise or sound levels out of the exhaust system like that. Because if you notice on all tugs, the exhaust stacks are almost always right by the wheelhouse. 
so you know that you know the operator is there so it's very important uh design aspect as well so and and it you know it's it's a lot easier on the cruise to op- or work on a vessel that's quieter you know you don't get as tired uh mm-hmm. they're more alert for longer um and it's crew crew retention is also also a big thing so you want comfortable vessels for your crew so you can um retain them and uh avoid sort of labor shortages <laughs> Especially nowadays, right? Is is that industry also experiencing what we're experiencing in you know in all industries where there's a shortage of skilled labor? Yeah, that's my general understanding, but I, I believe it was a problem before the pandemic as well. So okay. I'm sure I'm sure that's this exasperated the situation. Probably depends it, where they what what tug operator you are talking about in what part of the world, but yeah. What about the issue with the deaf supply? Are you able? To, are your customers able to get what they need? Yeah, we've never um, heard of a significant issue with that because the missions regulations, you know, marine sort of lags a little bit behind, uh, like maybe construction equipment or on highway. So they they sort of come in first, and the death supply is figured out for them. And then marine, it's really just a case of it just has to be delivered to a dock. <laughs> instead right. of a, a fuel station or something so yeah as far as we understand it hasn't been a significant issue for um, any of our clients so what what does the next 90 years look like i mean you guys have come 90 years now and, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe you can't forecast that you know 90 out but what's on the horizon in terms of the industry you know what what do you see happening yeah definitely the big thing will be uh, decarbonization of the vessels um how to do that with uh, alternative fuels or electrification, uh, uh, battery power, or um, you know, working with diesel and electrical to um, come up with designs that this eventually meet the zero carbon content or uh, goal of many countries. So that's sort of starting right now. Uh, that's the big topic in the industry and uh, yeah we'll see, we'll see how it goes but it's exciting times definitely for a mechanical engineer because uh, you know that's our sort of bread and butter of design is all these systems that uh, propel the vessel so yeah it'll be uh, interesting at least next 20 years anyway <laughs> Well, it's great to see you guys partnering up with Caterpillar on, on this effort. And I think it's uh, it's providing a lot of great benefits to, to you know, a lot of organizations worldwide and, and just the industry in general and moving it forward together. And that's that's the way to do it. So, Alan, congratulations on all your success and all the all the designs that you've helped create and you see them out there working in the water. That's that's fantastic. And congratulations yeah. to the, you know, the entire Robert Allen uh, limited team who have done some amazing uh, work over the last 90 years. And Best of luck for the next 90. Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, Caterpillar's been a very good partner to uh, work with. You know, we're we're a sort of independent firm, but we work with all suppliers. So Cat's uh, been very supportive with technology and technical information transfer. And it's I think it's been mutually beneficial uh, to both Cat and us. So it's a good uh, partnership to keep going. <laughs> 
Fantastic. All right, Alan, thanks for being on the Cat Power Podcast. And we'll catch you guys next time. Be sure to hit the subscribe button if you love this and share it with a friend who needs to see it or hear it. Thanks, guys. And until next time, signing off.